In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. For the one and only, Ian Wright. Nobody loves scoring more than this man, Ian Wright. Put your testicles in the sea gap. And no one worked harder than Ian Wright. But then again, it's not often you have to compete with the likes of Ian Wright. It's Wright's territory. He is the governor in these parts. This is Ian Wright, and you can guess the rest. Good morning, Cleveland. It's Ian, and I'm terrible at intros, but it's okay. Jack and Paul are enjoying a Browns game day, getting some rest in. So I'm going to do the pregame show here just to kind of talk a little bit about what we're going to do, why we're going to do it. In what capacity do we see the Browns really go at something like this? It's the first time, obviously, because Kevin Stefanski has coached through a preseason game in terms of the preseason season, I should say, because obviously it's his third game in this year, but it's the first time we'll obviously have starters playing. So it's one of those things where we're not 100% sure what to expect. Obviously, we've been told that Baker Mayfield will be playing. However, how many of the other starters will be playing? Eh, that's not something that we'll probably be all too surprised to find out. You know, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, you know, Odell Beckham. These people, they're not going to play. I don't think any Browns fans are going to be too upset with that. Given the light of what happened yesterday with the Ravens and JK Dobbins. So we don't want, obviously the number one thing we want to see today is we want to see an entirely healthy Cleveland Browns lineup. That's just ultimately what we want to make sure is that come week one against the chiefs, every single member of the Browns is there healthy and accounted for. So realistically, what are we looking for tonight? It's going to be the battle of probably four to five position groups. If we're just being honest, we're probably talking about the back end of the cornerback room. Does AJ Green solidify himself as the number five cornerback? Greedy is obviously not going to play tonight. So just to go over, the Browns have announced that the following players will not be playing tonight. Grant Delpit, hamstring, Greedy Williams, groin, JOK, forehead, because he headbutted a squat bar. Who knows what he did? MJ Stewart, hamstring. That's that's one for a guy that wants to make the team. That's one that uh, may come back and get him that injury there. Tony Fields is out for a foot. Taki Taki's out with his hamstring. Jacob Phillips obviously has the torn biceps tendon. And Michael Dunn has the back. A few of those guys I think we can understand are going to make the roster. A few of them probably not. So those are the ones that are not going to be there uh, for the Browns. The Falcons now... The Falcons have come out and said, hey, we are going to be playing a majority of our starters. That is what Arthur Blank said. The way it was phrased was a majority of the roster will play tonight, but he did not exactly say who is going to play or for how long. So it'll be something to watch. But at the end of the day, the Browns are going to show up. They need to play a professional brand of football. They need to make sure that they stay safe, that they don't really lose somebody that's going to be valuable for them in week one. So some of the ones that I'll be looking at today, what do the Browns do with that fourth tight end spot? I think we obviously we know that Bryant Hooper and Njoku are pretty much locks in terms of them making the team. Now that fourth tight end spot, that's a unique one because who knows a 
if special teams is important, do you take the versatility of a guy like Johnny Stanton who played off tight end a little bit against the Giants? This is a guy who wasn't necessarily lined up in that prototypical tight end position. He was just kind of offset off the line there on each side, but he's also can play fullback. I think he's an emergency long snapper quarterback. I mean, this is Johnny football in my mind. So do the Browns go with something like that where they keep that hybrid H back as the fourth tight end, or do they go with a guy like Jordan Franks? Um, you know, they brought in Kyle Markway. They obviously like something about him. This is a second year back, you know, Connor Davis obviously went on the injured reserve. So this is really going to be, I guess, Jordan Franks's ability to say, Hey, you should go with a traditional tight end, you know, in terms of the offensive line, this is something that we got to watch because Listen, I think that while there may be a lot of upside for James Hudson, he doesn't need to be seeing the field this year. I mean, this is a guy who has good footwork, but he gets a little bit off balance. I mean, you'll notice in the first two preseason games, he just gets a little bit out over his skis, gets beat inside pretty easily. So this is a guy, I think that the, the, the block of clay, you know, that, uh, that the offensive line coach Bill Callahan's got to work with is going to take a little bit more refinement. So right now, I thought Greg Sinat has shown flashes over there on the right-hand side. But outside of Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin, Chris Hubbard is really your only option in terms of a swing tackle. Now, do I think Hudson has to make the roster just because I don't think you're going to get him through the practice squad? It's probable. That's probable. So you're probably talking about that fourth offensive tackle. But would it shock me? Because, I mean, James Hudson, anybody that's watched this tape, it's not like you're signing this guy to the 53 unless you have one of the worst offensive lines in football. So I think in terms of the inner, you know, the inside guard or the inside positions, you're really talking about obviously Batonio and Wyatt Teller are going to hold down that. So Blake Hans, I thought did pretty well for himself in the last game, kind of as that hybrid combo center guard, Michael Dunn's a guy that really like drew Forbes is a guy that's just been battling as Mr. Project X Colby Gossett, Nick Harris. Um, you know, these are guys that we can't keep all of them. I mean, if you do the math just in a simple number game, you're probably looking at nine offensive linemen. And we got four starters, Hubbard, Hudson. That only leaves two guys for those inner positions. So if Nick Harris is one, do the Browns go 10 offensive linemen? That's a great question. But it's something to look at, that interior offensive line. Also be curious to see what they do with that outside because, like I said, James Hudson right now is just – I understand you, you're going to, it's, it's one of those catch 22s where you can't really cut them to get on the practice squad because you're worried somebody may take them, but I don't see it, but maybe it's possible that it happens. Linebackers is obviously another position we are very thin at, you know, Tony Fields will be out tonight. So we're going to be seeing a lot of Willie Harvey. I think Elijah Lee has just been showing himself out in terms of wanting to make this roster. I mean, this is a guy who's just been around Joe Woods, you know, in San Francisco. So he's a guy that he's seen develop and he's just a good football player. And, and, you know, when we talk about this roster and we're going to talk about the wide receiver room here, we're talking about good football players. We're talking about guys that would have started for Browns teams in the past. Now on the verge of not making the roster, and we're just praying that they can make enough of an impact on special teams. So they're going to be able to make this roster, but that kind of leads me to the wide receiver room. Wide receiver room right now is full of a lot of talent. Obviously Odell, obviously Jarvis. Those are the two guys. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, is as close to a lock as those two guys. So those three right there off the top are keeps. Well, now you got Anthony Schwartz. You drafted him in the third round for a reason. Unless there's a hamstring thing there that they think they can do something with, I don't see how that guy goes. So there's your four spot, which leaves JoJo Natson, Kaderil Hodge, Rashard Higgins, Jamarcus Bradley. And I'll leave Davion Davis out for now because obviously with his DUI from 2019, nice job NFL getting right around to that. This is a guy where we're not going to have to make the decision on for a couple more weeks. So 
do you keep five receivers? Because that brings in probably Hollywood Higgins. That makes what we're basically saying is Higgins, Hodge, and Jojo Natson are fighting for either one or two roster spots. So if you take away Hodge because you're saying, all right, I've got somebody that can fill, fill his special teams role, and I'm going to go give that position to Jojo Natson, who's a dedicated returner. Because at this point, you can't count on Schwartz to be a returner. We haven't even seen him dress. So this is where it's going to be very interesting because if the Browns keep 26 on offense or 26 on defense, you know, obviously we're talking about the 50, the 50 spots here and there. That's where you're kind of going to figure out, okay, where do the Browns see the value on special teams? Because in the cornerback room right now, I think it's pretty simple. You know, you're obviously talking about Troy Hill. You're obviously talking about Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, you know, Greg Newsom. So those four right there. So now we're talking about that fifth and sixth corner spot. We're talking about AJ Green. You know, we're talking about possibly MJ Stewart, who has been flexing a little bit into that safety role. But if he's not out there to play, maybe they just like him enough and they know what they're going to do for him and they're sitting him that reason. And they may be one of those things where they told him they, that he's made the squad. I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows that. Uh, and the other interesting guy I think we're going to watch a lot of is uh, Malik McDowell. So I had said this in the past and I didn't realize it wasn't kind of common knowledge, but they've been working Malik McDowell out in the defensive end position. I mean, you could see it in a lot of the different, you know, uh, Browns practices, the Browns live, you could see that he was working with Clowney and Garrett and those guys in the end. So this could be one of those things where the Browns keep nine offensive linemen, in, but it could it be, and follow me here, four and a half DNs, four and a half D tackles. Where, for example, you say, all right, we're going to take Malik McDowell, who has upside that we really like, and we're going to keep Garrett, we're going to keep Clowney, we're going to keep Gustin, you know, and Tack McKinley. So, and obviously he's backed with the team now, so it's easier to say that than before. And then you say, all right, I'm going to keep Malik McDowell, but he's going to be kind of a hybrid between an end and a tackle, because remember, we're going to also have Clowney moving inside, you're going to have Garrett moving inside. So the need for a defensive tackle at this point is very minimal. Because at the end of the day, we're not talking about a ton of sub packages that are going to use two and three, you know, multiple D or D tackles. So I know that there's a lot of talent there, but Tommy Togiai has not shown me anything in terms of being NFL ready for a roster. So this is a guy I think you probably can get to the practice squad. So Billings obviously does something that nobody else in the team can do. Sheldon Day, Malik Jackson. I mean, these are the three, those two have been the most accomplished D tackles on the roster, but now you got Marvin Wilson. Like I said, Togi, I think those are probably practice squad guys and Jordan Elliott. Like I know people said, Oh, Jordan Elliott's flashed. Well, he flashed against fourth teamers against the giants. I'm curious to see what he does tonight against the Falcons. Cause he's a guy that I'm watching for Curtis Weaver's a guy I'm watching for to see what he can do. And can Joe Jackson build a little bit off of what he did last week? I mean, no, Joe Thomas had a lot of praise for him in terms of what he was able to do defensively. So these are the battles. I mean, we're talking about DN four five. We're talking about D tackle four five. We're talking about cornerback five, six, maybe five wide receiver, five, six. You're an offensive guard. Same thing. So we're, you're only talking about probably the last seven spots of a roster, because once you take out the specialists, the 22 starters, so they're 25 at that point there, we have about 15 to 16, almost guaranteed, you know, the Donovan people's Jones, stuff like that. And then from there, you've got about three or four guys you're really confident in, which brings us up to about 46 guys. So like I said, we're talking about seven positions for tonight. In terms of the Falcons, I expect tonight to be a little bit more of an open game. They're going to probably be up, up and down the field a little bit more. I know that I nailed exactly the score for the Giants-Browns uh, game last time and said the Browns would win 17-13. to 13. Literally can't get any closer than that because, as you know, it was exactly 
17 to 13. So I think the Browns tonight will suffer a loss. It's preseason. I don't think they give a shit, to be honest with you. So I think the Falcons are going to show up a little bit tonight. It's their home stadium. I'm going with the Falcons 24 Browns 20. So I do think there's going to be a little bit of points. I think, you know, Baker's going to get out there. I think he's going to try to lead the team to a touchdown drive. Could be something where the Browns are maybe up 14, 10 at half. And then the Falcons, you know, put on, you know, a couple touchdowns there in the second half. But I think ultimately the Falcons are going to win this one. And I'm going with 24, 20. So that's where I'm thinking tonight. Like I said, I've mentioned a few of the players to look out for. I know the boys will be back later on this week. So we're going to talk about rosters and 53s and, you know, is Kadero Hodge possibly a cut because he's due $2.3 million. And some of the guys that guys aren't, you know, do that much money. So how much does the salary cap have to do with some of the roster decisions coming up? But I think everybody can agree. This is a great place for the Browns to be in. I think that we're talking about a roster that has NFL caliber guys that we're going to unfortunately have to part with. And also remember, we're talking about three or four positions. The Browns are going to scour that waiver wire. There are likely going to be maybe two or three guys out there that end up on this roster from other things. So with that means some of the guys we're talking about are probably going to be moving on to other teams as well. So Browns game kicks off here in about an hour and a half. So I will be glued to the TV watching it for all the Browns fans out there. We greatly appreciate you subscribe five stars. Please give all Jack and Paul the banter that they need. Remember, I'm going to dominate them in fantasy again this year. They're not here to defend themselves. And I am greatly looking forward to hearing about this get together that the boys had in London where somehow Jarvis Landry and Steve Jobs got compared. You know, my boy, UK dog is uh, keeping me abreast on all the slander that's going on over there. So let me know, send the questions. Uh, I'm curious who you guys are looking to watch tonight, see what's going on. So all else, let's go. If we win, we win. If not, it's no big deal. But most importantly, stay healthy and go Browns.